Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to The Thinker Girls. All the things you're thinking but not saying. Welcome to Thinker Girl, the podcast. You are joined by the Thinker Girl, Stacey June. And Christy Mercer, a very hungover Stacey June today. Oh, damn it. What? I was wondering whether you were going to say that. It was just a slightly lower energy. Sometimes you're like a little bit higher. So I just wanted to fill people in. Yeah, it's okay. I'm hung. But like from like two days ago. What so the hell? Welcome to my world. This is my life right now. I always get the creeper. The creeper hangover because you wake up, you feel fine. Probs because you're still actually drunk, but hangovers now don't actually hit me till about two p.m. And then two p.m. it's all downhill, and I think I'm at my worst at about six. At I night. spewed at four, <sighs> like so, like the first one, like later oh. in the afternoon. Oh. So it just hovers over you like a black cloud, and then bang, it starts to storm. You wait for it, you wait for it all day, and then all of a sudden the nausea turns into a fucking dry reach and Bob's your uncle, you're you, on. Did you feel better, though, because sometimes spews are a good thing? Like, was it something you're waiting for all day? I don't think a 4 p.m. spew is a good thing. Like, I think maybe mm. in the morning straight up that yeah. you can get on with your day. But I had lingered all day oh. and then I was sick. And then I went outside at about 9 p.m., got a McDonald's Coke, which we'll put the, the video will be up on Facebook by this point if you – um, by the time you hear this episode, yeah. um, and walked out of my house at 9pm to get a McDonald's Coke and locked myself out. It was probably my... one of the best phone calls I've ever received from you. Well, you called me. I just need to call. Oh, well, I, oh, did I? Oh, well, yeah. anyway, regardless, I was on the phone with you. I was like not I'm interested like, what in are talking, you, but I didn't know what else to do. What's going on? And you're like, I'm so hungover. If I keep talking now, I'm going to make myself sick. But um, I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm outside and it's raining. But I'm hungover and I've locked myself out. I think I'm going to go to Macca's and get a Coke. I was like, all right. You're like, what did you do? I was like, I went to the strippers. <laughs> Not a word of a lie. All of that happened. I said, what did you do last night? And you're like, oh, I was at the strippers. And I'm just locked out and it's yeah, raining. That's, it's really full on. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to our show before, welcome. Uh, we are two, <laughs> two chicks talking thoughts you're thinking but not saying. We have a special guest that is joining us uh, this week, which we've been both uh, very, very keen to have on the show. Um, some This woman seems to kind of encapsulate a lot of things that we aim and hope for for ourselves. Yeah, and I suppose there's always a bit of a wish list when it comes to hot seat hotties and the, and the really cool, amazing, inspiring women that we get on to talk to us every week. And she's been one of them. And I must say, somebody who has been championing this particular guest has been your cousin, Stace. My cousin, Kate. She's constantly been saying, get her on, get her on, get her on. Well, when I started Thinker Girl, she said, oh my God, you're so similar to Lisa Messenger, who is our guest. Mm. Um, she's an entrepreneur. She's an author, a magazine publisher. She has a new book that's come out, which is called Money and Mindfulness. Um, on our Facebook page, we've got all the details when you where you can buy it. But I think, um, I think it's really it's it's really interesting because her attitude has always just kind of been just do it it's, yeah. and she also was really 
I guess, really influential to, I suppose, not just women, but entrepreneurs and, and, and ideas and creative people that I guess weren't sure how to go about things. She seems to have just navigated her way through. So mm-hmm. um, I can really relate relate to her and I can't wait to touch her. So let's give her a call. Um, I also want to remind everyone that we've got a new sketch video going up every week. Oh, uh, yeah, get on to jo- it. Early on in the week. So we've done two. There'll be another third coming up tomorrow night by the time you hear this. Um, so jump on board facebook.com forward slash Thinker Girls is where you can find those. Um, and they're doing really well. Yeah, if you like it, just give it a share. That would be amazing if you have a bit of a lull. But anyway, let's get on to Lisa. Hi. Hello. Hi, <laughs> Lisa Messenger. Clearly not very good at the impromptu. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. If you hadn't figured it out by now, it's Stace and Christy, the Thinker Girls PS. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for your call all day. Oh, man. We're so excited to talk to you. Thanks for making the time. You're a busy woman uh, and we just have... So much, uh, so much stuff we want to get your input on uh, because, my man, you just cover everything. A bit like us, but way more experienced. <laughs> so we like to crack into kind of every different part of our office of life. But we yeah. probably don't have as much, as much, I guess, I don't know, depth on, on a lot of the things at that the you moment. would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Like a well, growing we'll flower. Let's see how this conversation plays out. Oh. <laughs> um, so if you haven't listened to our show, before hello uh we are the thinker girls talking thoughts you're thinking but not saying you can join us uh, on itunes for a hundred other episodes of amazing interviews with different women talking about everything you're thinking but not saying out loud a bit like catching up with your girlfriends itunes is where you can find that um or head to our facebook page facebook.com forward slash thinker girls um so we basically run through uh what we're thinking a bit of a contents lisa just straight off the bat though how's your day been how are you feeling like what where where are you where are your head where's your, where's your head at today it's good. It's not my day. There is never a dull moment. I've been working on some covers for our next issue, and I just came back from a big corporate partnership meeting, and um, I'm editing part of my next book. So wow. <laughs> it's um, it's kind of a wild, crazy journey every single day. But, um, yeah, I've been pretty pumped to take a bit of time out and talk to you guys and your listeners. Yeah, that's what Thank we like Thank you for that. Hear. All right, so let's yeah. get this moving. Um, Contents-wise, Lisa, tell us what, what what's on your mind that you're thinking but saying what's a bit of a headline of, of what you want to bring this week? I guess for me, I'm, I'm doing loads of speaking gigs at the moment, so I kind of get all this audience feedback all the time. And my big thing is kind of around, you know, finding your passion and finding your why and being unafraid to kind of get out there and disrupt and do things your own way. So, yeah. Oh, we like the sound uh, yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it sounds like I, our kind I of thing. I think this conversation is just going to go just fine, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young mate, what yeah. about you? Um, I want to talk about money and the restrictions that not having enough money um, actually can put on your life and how different your life could be with or without money. So I think that will actually will tie in really nicely, Lisa, with, with kind of your gem and, and based on some other past books and works that you've kind of mm. done. Oh, yeah, we yeah, call our topics yeah. gems too, just so you know. I didn't explain that bit. Um, I want to talk about, I guess, some um, some really un war- unnecessary comments from a guy that makes my coffee and I, I don't even, I can't even get the words out to explain what it is because it, it feels full on and it feels so inappropriate. 
but I'm conflicted at the whole the whole thing. So I, I want to ask your your advice and and tell a story that happened a couple of days ago that I think stretched it to another level for me where I went, nah, fuck, this is not okay. Mm, mm. Who mm, who wants us? Do you want to do you want crack into that first dose? Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, so there's been it's, it's kind of like a, a family environment at the place that we go. Uh, it's really lovely. It's amazing gourmet kind of foods, mm. and I go and get my coffee there every few days. You know, it depends on where I'm at at the moment. It's so full on with our schedule. You could be anywhere, but mm. generally that's my main coffee place in the morning. And there's always you know different people kind of saying hello. A lot of people work in there because it's kind of a, it's a cafe and and you can buy things in it. You know, there's a lot of things going on. It's not your average little cafe or hole in the wall. There's lots of things happening. And there's a, a particular person there that has always, from the very beginning of me going there, and, and also my girlfriend that goes there too, has always been very, very complimentary. And, and, it, and it kind of became to a point where I would say, is there something a bit creepy about old mate to my friend? I was like, mm. And she was like, yeah, big time. She's like, he's always got a lot to say. And already in that moment, I felt a bit conflicted as that, as you do, and I think we still are in this place, which is exactly why I'm talking about it, because I think we need to rip out of it, mm. is where you go, don't be a spoiled sport and take a compliment versus you're making me feel uncomfortable or I don't really know why you're you're saying this and doing this. I don't know what your agenda is. Yeah, Are you just saying an innocent compliment or is this actually you being a bit inappropriate or a bit sleazy? Because what's the way? what's the way in which he says it? He's always like looking good today, Stace, or, you know, where are we off to today? You're just really, yeah. really subtle for a while. And, and I always got a bit of a, I wondered. And look, the biggest thing for me is that he's married. That's the biggest thing. Because A, A, just obviously I'm feeling uncomfortable, but B, he is a married man. And that's mm. where you start to go as a single woman as well. You get really riddled in these kinds of scenarios that, you didn't ask for and that's what pisses me off the most you go and get your coffee Mm. and you kind of walk out anyway then a couple days ago and I'm always in my yoga gear going in and out but Mm. then when I get dressed for kind of meetings or dressed to go do other things there's extra like a big song and dance yeah a little bit it's like whoa where where are are you going today and 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 then you kind of go oh he's just being nice and you give them the benefit of the doubt every time and then a couple of days ago, I was leaning over reading the paper oh. and um, and he gave me my coffee and he said, uh, what did he say? He said, um, you just shouldn't, re- you shouldn't lean over the table like that when you read the paper. Oh. And I go, taking it too far. And oh, no. he goes, yeah, you shouldn't do it like that, Stace. And kind of looked at me like, I don't know what he looked at me like, but I knew that he'd gone No, nah, that's way the too line. Far. That's way too far. It was really yeah, sexual. It yeah. was, and and I had kind of this little. It doesn't matter what I was wearing. Actually, yeah, yeah. I could be wearing tracksuit pants. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and I walked out of there, and I went, "Fuck!" I, and I then I get conflicted, and I say, "Stacy, defend yourself. You're the feminist you are. This is what you do. But this is all I do. I just want to be able to go in and get a coffee, and at, at eight o'clock, not have to then start giving him some big speech on mm. how inappropriate that is. Mm. And so I find myself here you know, six months after originally starting to go to this coffee place where I go, how do you tackle that yeah. without going to another cafe? Yeah. I, I think it's a different situation. I think it'd be one thing if that was happening in a workplace, don't you think, mm. Lisa? Because then, mm. you know, if it's a work colleague, you know, there's there's certain channels that you can take that or to management or, or to let them know. But when you're actually 
in that particular setting where you're going in as a customer, it makes it a little bit, and I'm not saying it's any more acceptable, but it just makes it harder and a weirder situation, I suppose, to, to kind of raise that. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's a really interesting one because I think in you know business or life and in everyday things that we do, there is shit that comes at us thick and fast that is out of our control. Mm. And it's other people's stuff, you know, and they carry it around and it's the way that they react and all that kind of thing. Mm. And I think any situation like this presents like, a really interesting opportunity to kind of look at our own behavior and how we react to it because the reality is we can't change stuff or people and things that come at us every single day but we can control how we react so yeah so I kind of sit here going in one way you just want to tell them to fuck off mm. and in another way you kind of want to just say you know excuse you know excuse me but you know what's going on or whatever else so it is a really interesting um crossroads and a choice that you suddenly have so what did you do well i didn't engage and Mm. i'm so friendly and bubbly and i just looked at him confused and went i'm not going to engage in this this is your shit Mm. did you did you say that no because it was so early yeah like yeah and and i I put myself through the ringer because i am outspoken about these issues they are my Mm. one of my biggest passions we everything Mm. we do with our brand and everything i do is based mm. around equality and respect for women. It really is. But fucking mm. hell, I haven't had a coffee. I've barely woken up. Mm. I'm not ready to take on the world and, and, and fight for everybody at 7.30. You mm. know, like I just want to have my coffee. And so mm. I didn't engage, but I didn't then also create an extra hurdle for myself because I wanted to wake yeah. up and I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't the right time for me. But what I do do, and I always do this, is self-analysis. So I go mm. back in and I go, all right, how did that make you feel? And what I was perplexed about, and I'm going to be really honest here, is I'm not saying in the last six months I've always felt uncomfortable and hated it. Mm. To be very honest, there have been times where his compliments have pepped me up. And that is mm. a reality of this real conflict that you find yourself because I I know he went to this place that was incredibly inappropriate and and almost weird and I don't like that he sees me as that object mm. that's the, that's the core of this but then there's this is the problem where I think we find ourselves as women and especially as trying to put a stop to that that we also then we're humans so people mm. give you a compliment mm. there's sometimes you need it or sometimes you want it or sometimes it it, it isn't that far where it, you've gone in appropriate levels where you've gone I don't know. I'm not going to say I've always not enjoyed it. So, so then I really put myself through the ringer and said, well, what does that mean for you? And, and what does that mean? What have you contributed? Which I land on nothing yeah. because it's human. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it did make me question things. And I kind of put a few things through my mindset with this honesty, which is, we find a lot of that stuff inappropriate. I've spoken about it on the podcast before how I haven't hated being wolf whistled every time, but I know the core of it is fucked. Mm. But I'm going mm. to be really honest with this complexity of these things that we find ourselves in, honestly. Mm. Like, yeah. and, and it's really complicated. So when, when I suppose that conversation comes up where you go, where is the line? Where is the line that it goes from being an innocent kind of, oh, you know, this old guy, whatever. He and just says this thing every now and then. I, I ask you well, girls, is it innocent? Can it be innocent? So he went he went way, way past the line. I think it's how it, make, ago, it's how it makes you feel, I think. I think you're yeah. right. I but think, a couple of months before, yeah. say, he says, looking good today. He's got a big meeting today. Is there innocent in that? Like, are you allowed to engage in that? Like, what is it from, what's my responsibility there for those kinds of 
bits is what I'm interested. What yeah. should you think? What do you guys think I should be doing in those scenarios? Not in the you you know basically sleaze bag looking me up and down scenario, yeah. but yeah. leading up to it. Have I have I given body language or have I opened this that I kind of have given an idea that I think it's okay? I don't know. Lisa, what do you reckon? In my opinion, it would be how it makes you feel. Because, I mean, he could say that exact same thing to somebody else and they don't even bat an eyelid to it. So it's, it doesn't yeah. make them feel uncomfortable. But for you in that day and to me and to majority of other people, you would think that's fucked and it's not acceptable. But in my opinion, it would be how that comment or how that action made you feel and if it makes you feel uncomfortable regardless of their intention whether they mm. intended to be a fucking sleaze bag or whether he was just doing it to be really friendly and pay you a compliment then I don't think any of that matters I think it's how you feel at the end of it being on the receiving end of it yeah exactly and I think part of it is that self-awareness piece isn't it and it's freaking awesome listening to you having all of that and having those internal battles as we do about what's right and what's wrong and which bit did I play in and where could I have done better and what could I you know all that reaction stuff but at the end of the day as well I think you're exactly right Christy it's about like boundaries and what's okay for you and what's not okay and um, enabling people to feel strong enough and have enough sense of self-belief that if they feel it's inappropriate that they feel like they have permission to actually step up and say something and you know comment to the person who's done that and feel strong enough in themselves because I think far too often in society this happens where people say really inappropriate things or put us in places that we don't want to be in and Mm. then we're too afraid and Mm. you know for all sorts of other reasons and we don't stand up for ourselves and so I think in any situation, if people feel boundaries have been crossed or behaviour has been inappropriate, then, yeah, as women in particular, we should absolutely stand up for our rights and say, hey, that wasn't okay, that didn't feel okay for me. And that doesn't mean we need to do it in an aggressive Mm, sense. But I think the more of us out there that have each other's backs, you know, I think it's really important. And particularly when people, um, potentially this guy, have kind of lost their sense of moral compass, I think it's really important that we kind of say, you know, that's not okay, so that they don't continue to perpetuate those patterns over and over again. Yeah. That's kind of my quick view on it. Yeah. I was put into a similar situation. I think I spoke to you about this, Stace. I was um, a particular person at work and... I, w- I kind of went through the uh, the similar uh, the, or the same kind of thing that you did where I was like, well, I- is it inappropriate? Because I know he's not a he's not a bad guy. He's not a sleazy guy. I think it was – and his intention wasn't a bad one, but it was so- something along the lines of – and he was making light and he said some kind of joke, which was, oh, when you're at work and you see some hot chick, all you need to say is, oh, you look fucking great in that skirt. And Ooh. everybody else kind of had a bit of a laugh Ooh. and then we moved on. But for the rest of that meeting, I just felt like – I don't think that that's appropriate as a manager to then be saying that in front of everybody. And I kind of went through this thing where it took me a little bit of courage to go in. And I thought, do I flag it with him or do I not? Do I, you know, do I look like a bit of a winter? Am, am I making a, a mountain out of a molehill here? And I thought, nah, I'm going to stick to my guns and the original feeling of the way that that comment made me react. And I went into his office and kind of put that to him and he was so shocked He was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that made you feel like that. That wasn't my intention at all. And for a moment there, I was like, oh, uh, shit. Like, I felt like the bad person. Like, I I almost felt as though I had to apologize for bringing it to his attention. 
Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm sorry because I know you didn't feel like that and I apologise if this is, you know, a bit, you know, in- inappropriate or a bit confronting for you to take but I just wanted to let you know how I feel. And I th- look, I think, I think um, the great thing about our situations is we're the kind of women that will speak up. I chose not mm. to that day but mm. I know I would have if I felt like it was right for me and it wasn't in that moment. Yeah. And I know I will be acting very differently in the future. You spoke up. Uh, to this particular person. What I do want to make really clear is is that maybe you're not a person that straight away is feeling confident. And I'm going to make this pretty serious and it isn't in relation to these stories, but it does stem from where this family sits. Somebody said to me that one of the biggest things that rape victims get and and have an experience is the self-doubt. Straight away, Mm. the first thing that happens to you when you are molested or um or sexually assaulted or raped or anything at all even just harassment in some degree women go and they question themselves it's the first form of you going through denial and shock and also this place that we find ourselves in which is doubting ourselves first Mm. and I think that's really the biggest thing we need to we need to focus on here is that there isn't a place for you to doubt yourself if you do feel uncomfortable it's because it is uncomfortable and really generally speaking a feeling isn't wrong like if you go with a feeling there's a good chance a lot of the time a very high percentage of the time your gut isn't wrong so Mm. just be empowered in that I think we need to be careful around environments with work and and all of that kind of stuff but know that how you feel a lot of the time is spot on and you've got a right to feel what you feel without Mm. questioning both of Mm. us have gone through questioning with things that have happened they're not as extreme as those examples as I've just said but they all stem from the similar pool so Mm. I think we're we're kind of those people that will speak up in these environments you don't know you know what it would be if it was a different environment maybe it's not the case but if you are somebody that's listening that feels like even something quite small has happened compared to something quite big the questioning I know goes into it as a bit of a, a thing that's really wrong and society has made us feel that way and I think it's really important to put that out there and know that mm. a feeling is a feeling and, and you don't imagine that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I 100% guts, agree. Yeah. And I think for what you've just said, you know, some people in the moment might be a bit shocked and taken back and not know what to say, but I think it's okay that people can sit with that and think and, you know, talk to people about it, but then feel empowered enough to go back and address the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something quite liberating about that, you know, because often in the moment when something's said, people can come at it from a hot-headed response or whatever, but it's actually sometimes good to sit with it and go, no, that really doesn't feel okay. Because you're completely right, Stace. Like, I think gut and intuition is something that is just so powerful. And I would say 99.9 times out of 100, you know, if it doesn't feel okay, then it probably isn't okay. So, yeah, yeah, I think people need to feel like they have a voice and that they have a right to be heard, you know. And I think think that's really, really important in any given situation. Mm, Because it's important for that guy to know as well. Like, even though that's quite a small quite a small thing in the scheme of things like with what you're talking about Stace it's important for him to be self-aware and because you might be one of a hundred other women that go into that store that is also made to feel that way and he's got absolutely no awareness of that you know what I mean Hey, it's Stace and Christy we are the Thinker Girls thoughts chicks are thinking but not saying okay Lisa let's crack into yours what are you what are you thinking but not saying this week (laughs) 
Gosh, well, after that topic, I just don't know where to go. There's probably so many things. But, I mean, God, I mean, there are so many important things out there at the moment, aren't there? I mean, I guess for me, when I come up against, and it is really kind of almost a continuation of this topic, it's around people feeling empowered and believing in themselves enough and having enough sense of self-worth to actually get out there and take a risk. And I just, in my role now, I just see it continuously day in and day out from people who write into the collective or say stuff across social media or when I'm doing um, a, a speaking gig. And it just, I'm flabbergasted every single day, but I also relate to it 100%. Like I've come from a space where um, I spent years um, you know, not knowing, not having any semblance of, of who I was or what I stood for and um, not knowing, you know, if I was on purpose or what my why was and, you know, all sorts of other things and that manifested in, you know, all sorts of things. So, um, so yeah, so I just, my big thing at the moment is, you know, helping people to really have a sense of self and, and getting out there and, and having a go and, and being unafraid. So that's mm. kind of my, my big thing, which isn't really a, a this week thing except it's just... I don't know. It's interesting um, f for people who know about the collective. It's all about inspir inspirational stories and extraordinary people and people having a go. And um, yeah, and there's just so many different examples of that. So I don't even know where to start. Really, maybe you can where direct did questions. You? Yeah, I, where did you? I mean, I guess from that, mm. what has been the stories? In terms of the self-belief, what have been your personal stories that you've drawn from to be able to then go forth and, and teach and, I guess, help others in these kinds of situations today? Yeah, which is a really important point. So for me, I mean, it, my journey into kind of this started about... 12 years ago and um, I'd sort of been perpetuating kind of the same old patterns for years and years and years and living life according to other people's expectations and and that was sort of playing out in all sorts of ways of self-sabotage so like mm -hmm. um, I was drinking too much nearly drank myself to death and like I had alienated my family I didn't speak to my mother and my sister and my father for three years and wow. um i was in kind of like a dead-end job and um and then i got married and we had nothing in common <laughs> like my life was <laughs> pretty much oh my God, didn't say that coming <laughs> smash ever <laughs> and so wow. it was kind of like for me that was like um you know that was like hitting serious freaking rock bottom mm. and you know from that from there is a really good place to start, you know. There's not much further I could have gone. <laughs> yeah, and so so many people say to me now, but I don't know what my purpose is, or I, you know, I'm going through a really pissed off time in life. I, I'm really unhappy, and I don't know this. And I'm like, freaking awesome. That's the best place to start because. Yeah. For me, at that particular time, I knew I had to make some serious life changes, and mm. it was the biggest kick up the freaking ass I've ever had. So um, I actually gave up drinking, uh, which will be 11 years on the 8th of November. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Wow. Which, That's um, living in Australia. Huge. Not which something that's proud. very easy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I now proudly count, you know, like... For the first few years, I was like, well, that's a bit weird. And then I just, you know, I'm so... Um, I just own it. An extraordinary sense of self-belief. Now, not to the, the point of being, you know, arrogant or egotistical. I think they're two very different things. But I certainly am very strong and I know who I, uh, who I am now. And, you know, and I think it's important to own that. And um, 
And what I say around that is, like, don't give up drinking. I have more freaking champagne in my fridge than anyone I know. I love a good party. But it's not about the drinking thing. That's what I was using as a crutch, you know, and that's yeah. what was holding me back. So I say to people, well, get strong enough and courageous enough to find out what it is that's holding you back. And there's all sorts of ways that we keep ourselves small or that we live in fear and all that kind of thing. So, you know, and, and that was sort of a turning point for me. And, um, and at that time, I, I wrote a book on happiness. And I knew- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details nothing about writing books or publishing. I mean, I did what was unceremoniously called veggie English at school, which was like the lowest <laughs> of the low for the I did that for maths. Yeah. I did veggie maths. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. funny though. I did the fancy English and then the guy was like, you can't write. And it took me 10 oh. years to get over it. And now one of our, like our first paid things was our columns. Like it's yeah. hilarious. The shit yeah, you pick well, up in school. So, um, yeah, so so I started my very accidental publishing career because I was so freaking unhappy, and I was like, right, I'm going to go around Australia and interview people about what makes them happy. And then this book did really well, and I started kind of an accidental publishing career, and it went from there. And it's a bit wow. the same with when I launched the collective. You know, I was pissed off with um, the media globally. I was thinking there's so much negativity and gossip and vacuous crap mm, and content and mm, not addressing mm. real issues yeah. and nothing kind of empowering and inspirational. So I was like, right, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And I knew nothing about what I was doing. And I was like, I want to actually tell real stories. The stuff that you guys are doing and that we're talking about, you know, now, like cutting behind all the stuff. Because it's all very nice to go. Christy just did oh, a fist pump. You can't see her, but <laughs> I'm going Lisa, to tell this her. Is, this is so Everyone funny. else can see Christy. We film because, these now. So. Lisa, I forget that we actually film because we've only started doing that in the last couple of episodes, <laughs> right? So, so often Stace and I, like we're kind of on, on opposite screens to each other. So we'll be like doing hand signals or like putting our hands up like I want to talk next. And I literally, as you just said, as you just gave us that compliment, I was like fist pumping and I was like, shit, this yeah, is being like, filmed. I was like, I need, to call, I need to call her out here. Like, and it was a real daggy fist pump too. It was like this. It was like, oh yeah, go us. It was like, like, like no one could see it. Her. was like a Kath and Kim fist pump. It was hideous <laughs> and now it's on camera. <laughs> well, I am so pleased. I excited a fist pumping moment. Thank you. A 75-year-old oh, version oh, of legit. fist pumping. Oh, that's it's amazing. A real com- it's a real conversation, you know, though. And, that's, and so I think, um, yeah, my point around that is, you know, when people have this feeling of they don't feel good enough or they're, like, pissed off with something or whatever, like, that is the best place to start from, you know, because chances are if they're 
feeling that way, then there's a whole like the conversation we were just having, sex, You know, you mm. you bring something up, and you're like, wow, there's probably a whole lot of other people that are feeling like this as well. Mm. Okay, well, is there a business in that, or what can I do to, you know, lead the charge and make change in the world in that particular space or a whatever of, it is? A lot of people, um, we've spoken about this on on the podcast before, especially because a lot of our listeners are kind of twenty somethings, and there's this mm. real intensity around society about finding your happiness, find your passion, find mm. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I think we've we've really rarely had the answers. I mean, we were lucky. We kind of fell into finding our passion. This is our passion project, and, yeah. and you know, very slowly we're building it into a business, and and we're lucky from that perspective. But I think one thing I have learned of how we found ourselves in this is we dig into the shit. I know I do. Mm. I dig mm. in the shit. So it wasn't so much you go looking for, oh, I really love that as a hobby or, and it can sometimes stem from those things. But I think a lot of the time it's in the shit you're avoiding is mm. where you're going to find yeah. the stuff that actually sings. And mm. and I think I think the second you're looking everywhere else and you're not actually digging into the, and I'm imagining, like this is the visual, a pig pen of shit like your life, everything you're avoiding, everything you think smells like shit, everything that gives you anxiety, everything that, that I guess makes you uncomfortable is probably yeah. where it's hiding, like right mm. under there where flies are flying around on mm. the poo. I can You've got to dig in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that's where the beacon <laughs> is. It's <laughs> a great analogy. And the reality is people say to me every single day, but, you know, what's the answer? How do I get there? I'm like, yeah. there is no quick fix. There's no, no magic elixir. There's no pill that you can just pop. It's like you got to put in the work, you know? Yeah. But as soon as people are prepared to do that, I think the most extraordinary things happen. And, you know, me, the collective, like our community, that's living proof of what is possible. Um, and it's, it gets absolutely extraordinary. Well, Lisa, what are your thoughts on, I mean, we've, we've kind of just covered then finding what it is that kind of makes you sing and makes you shine and, and gives you that kind of kick. And and maybe it is looking around in, in the bad stuff to find the good. I mean, what are mm. your thoughts on, you know, people finding their calling, I mean, and not necessarily making that their entire career? Because I think sometimes, like my brother, for instance, is just, he's just finishing up year 12. He's just doing his HSC. And there's mm. so much pressure put on, find your passion, find what you're good at and make that your career. And yeah. it, I, I suppose it's another interesting thing to mention, isn't it, that you might have something that just makes you feel alive, but that's not necessarily your full-time job. So, like, what, what are your thoughts on, on that as well? Well, for me now, I know unequivocally in every single cell in my body that um, my purpose until the day I die is to be an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs living my life out loud and showing that anything is possible. But having said that, like that's taken me so many years. I mean, I started as a horse riding instructor. I worked in real estate. I worked in conference and event management. I worked in sponsorship. I did some kind of marketing stuff. Like I have traversed so many different industries and loved so much of it. Mm. And it just kind of all came together. And, and that's the thing. I don't think – and the only reason it came together for me, I think, was because I got to such a point of, like, having done so many years of work on myself and stuff that I got to a point of, like, okay, I'm ready to give back. Like, I am strong enough now to be used in whatever way as a conduit that is, you know, best serving um, kind of other people other than me at this point. And I surrendered, and I literally got to a point – 
of in a piece where I was like, if my role is, you know, cleaning toilets in India, then I would do that. And that was an extraordinary place to get to of I'm ready, like whatever it is. Mm. Now, you make a really, really good point because when I say I know absolutely what my passion, you know, my why is now and that will be until the day I die, the mechanism and how I um, deliver that is completely irrelevant. It could be that I'm producing a magazine or I'm speaking or I'm doing social media or I'm chatting to you guys or, or creating products. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And mm. the thing so about it is. So you don't believe well is, it needs to be a business? No, so, no yeah. absolutely. So like you don't need to point, make money from it? Yeah. No, so coming back to your point, I mean, I think there's a whole lot of variances of that. And, you know, people often say, you know, there's this whole thing about work-life balance. Well, I think it's a lot of bullshit. Like, uh, for me, it's about blend, you know. <laughs> like, my work is my life and my life is my work. Now, this is what I've chosen to do. But to your point, I mean, we cover so many people who are, you know, working in a corporate job and they love it. But then they do a, have a blog on the side or whatever it is. Mm. It's completely about something else. Yeah, my cousin's and, like you know, that. She's in something yeah. really corporate but is the biggest foodie. And I'm often like, you could do this and start this. And that's the entrepreneur in me but it's certainly not in her she loves to do it as her meditation that's her but I version think, yeah because yeah. then sometimes that can take away the magic of it don't you reckon like if For you her. you uh-huh. put so yeah particular people like there's so much pressure on making that your your thing and that's what you live off and it, you know that, yeah. that's not that's not for everybody is it like taking the, your passion and but then I, making I, it your I, life i'm kind of i'm i also then go oh but find something close to it you can make money from because I tell you what, I figured it out and it's it's fucking best. I mean, I know mm. it's the best for me. Maybe mm. it isn't for everyone, but I'm like, if anyone can figure out a way to kind of get this to work far out, like you, you'll mm. die fulfilled. Like, I don't know. Mm. I mean, it, that I think if might sound a bit yeah. biased, but I don't know. There's just something where I go, surely don't doesn't everybody want to kind of – be happy and be fulfilled from their work but maybe like, it's volunteering or you know mm. you know what i mean it might be something that there is no way to capitalize and make that an actual income or a full-time gig i don't know yeah it's an interesting yeah. one yeah look i think we spend so much of our time at work you know and it's an absolute imperative that we are passionate about it and that we surround ourselves with people that we want to surround ourselves with and we're doing something every single day that we believe in however you know, there are so many different twists and turns in life that take us on such different journeys and growth spurts and learnings and all of that kind of thing. And as long as people are open to that, you know, I don't think you have to have the answer now or tomorrow. And in fact, what often happens is there might be that your great friends or people that you surround yourself with start saying, oh my God, you're so good at that. And then that might become your career or whatever it is. Like I just think as long as people are open, there are opportunities everywhere. Mm, follow the mm. follow the good. Mm. We yeah. and we made a conscious decision to do that this yeah. year is to walk through doors that open. Has been my saying for Thinker Girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we found ourselves walking back through a few doors that we thought were closed, but that's because we weren't probably focusing yeah. on them. <laughs> so it's yeah. funny, but I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's interesting. Missed anything from the Thinker Girls this week? Shame on you. <laughs> Jokes. Hit up thinkergirl.com.au. I was joking. Seriously. Young mate, let's uh, have a crack into yours. I want to talk about money um, or lack thereof because it's a bit of an interesting concept. How different your life would be if there weren't the barriers of not having enough money? Cashish. Yeah, cashish. Um, 
It's yeah, well, I can. you want me to sit back and talk to you about the last six months of my life? Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it is a really interesting one, the way you go. If, you know, I suppose that's that's the dream. That's what a lot of people go, oh, what I would do if, if I won the lotto tomorrow, I would do this, 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 this. And this with my life it makes me feel so sick. But I can't. Thing. My mum is a bit like that. Yeah, she but I, but I can't. And and people live in that. Do. And and I suppose that 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 putting off of you know the passion projects that, that you were just you know talking so passionately about before, Lisa, where you go find that thing. And if and if there's something that you can make of it, and if you can live in that, you know that that moment and, and, and live in that thing that you love to do and do as much as you can of it, then that's a really good place to be in. But I suppose there's a lot of a lot of a lot of people that would look at that and go, Well, I can't. How do I how do I possibly get from A to B when I have no savings, I have no real way to be able to fund myself to get from this place to the next. Um, and I suppose if you are in that place and you have no money, but you have such a vision and such a passion for what you want to do, how the hell do you get from A to B um, without having that financial kind of backing? Yeah. <clears throat> do you want me to jump in here? Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're quite. I think you're quite well versed on this. I know you've written. You've written a lot of it. You've written an entire. Well, you've come out on the other side. I'm it. currently in it. Yeah. I'm in the thick of that yeah. and the commitment versus the money um but you've come full you've done the whole kit mm. and caboodle lisa mm. so we're sitting back with a glass of wine feet up the floor's yours <laughs> <laughs> no so no, and i tell you it's just, uh, the interesting thing is that i've come out the other side i'm very much in it as well i mean mm. i started my first business 14 years ago today and uh oh congratulations that's amazing but uh the collective was launched only two and a half years ago and sometimes they go, what the hell am I doing? I went into startup mode all over again. I was really comfortable before. Mm. But uh, it's good to get, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable, I always say. But I have just written, um, my latest book is called Money and Mindfulness. And the reason I wrote it, and God, we are like such a perfect fit. We need to do more of this um, together because. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're so happy to. Sick. I was so yeah. sick death of um, this misconception about money and the stigma associated with it and the fact that no one would ever talk about it. And like all through my 20s, you know, people would sort of start buying property and they'd start a business or whatever. Oh. And, I would, and I'd always be like, I don't understand. How did they do it? How did they do it? And it was this like thing shrouded in secrecy that no one would ever talk about. And it was such a, such a rude thing to talk about. And so since the collectives had, you know, a bit of success, I thought, well, fuck it. I'm going to put it all on the table and I'm actually going to say to people, well, this is kind of the journey, what's and all, and this is kind of how I've done it. And the other thing is, and we've been talking a lot about kind of psychology and stuff today inadvertently and in a roundabout way. But um, I think, you know, there's so many hurdles and hang-ups and stuff that we have that, um, you know, that comes from childhood and not these misconceptions and, you know, um, things that you were taught and all that kind of or not taught. And so we carry that with us through life. And then, again, a bit like how I was talking about self-sabotage and things. I know for me, certainly for years, I had this feeling around I'm not good enough. I don't – I'm not worthy of earning money and mm. so I kind of had this whole block and of course then I didn't attract any of it because I didn't feel like I was deserving and so the book kind of goes into talking about well how do we overcome that and how do you strip that away and how do you kind of 
um, become worthy of it. And, um, yeah, so for me, it's just been kind of talking about all of that. And also the fact that so many people are out there saying, you know, no, actually, I'm trying to do good in the world. I don't need money. And I call bullshit on that. And I say, well, I don't think that money and doing good in the world need to be mutually exclusive. And, in fact, to do good in the world, you need freedom and choice, which comes with platform, which comes from money. So, you know, that's kind of the sort of stuff that I try and debunk and talk through the book. Having said that, and, and you yourself 13 years ago and then also again two years ago in a different way but still kind of similar, I guess, uh, place you yeah. find yourself, mm. yeah. Was the, there's a time where sacrifice has to come in, right? So it's all very like well every to single say, day. I'm yeah. back in baked bean mode all over again, I, think, I feel like. Well, that's <laughs> it. Like I think, and I think you need money to survive, but I think mm. one thing people don't understand is you don't – you also don't need as much as you think. And Mm. if you do want to be competitive and you do want to get ahead and you do want, you do want to win in some ways, you do need to take those steps back Mm. to then get forward. And Mm. I've learned, Lisa, I I left breakfast radio in April this year to pursue Thinker Girl as a brand and as a company and, and the stuff that we're doing has become my full-time job. And yeah. it was a really big move. I moved into yeah. my girlfriend's house in Melbourne. You. I'm 32 years old. You know, my girl, mm. all my friends are in relationships, buying houses, you know. And then there's the other avenue of the fact that I came from not a lot of money. So I also had to work through a lot of personal shit of mm. looking mm. at the world and what I was raised to look at the world. And it's not any, no one's ever said to me in my family, I couldn't do it differently. It's just what you're actually consumed by is what mm. you pick mm. up when you're little. Mm. But I suppose mm. the biggest thing that I, I guess isn't spoken about is the sacrifice. And mm. even especially people in media, you kind of make it and everybody gets there and everyone starts making all this money. And yeah, people say, oh, I kind of had to do the hard yards. But I think people aren't specific in mm. the idea that maybe Maybe I couldn't pay my rent or maybe I was in 20 grand credit card debt. And I'm not saying that's the way everybody has to go, but there mm. is this secret kind of behavior happening mm. on the outside that once you make it, those stories start to drop off a little bit and and mm. there's, they kind of cloud around the reality of the fact that if you want it the most, yeah. you're going to sacrifice yeah. the most yeah. to some exactly. degree. And- Exactly, and that's why I have, because the collective is fast becoming such a big brand, I wanted to make put it out there and tell kind of the story behind the story so that people don't just see the gloss and the spin and the hype and the, oh, my God, it's amazing, what a great success story. I'm like, yeah. no, it is freaking hard work, and this is what actually goes on behind the scenes. And... Um, you know, and let people know that if they want it hard enough, they've got to be hungry and they've got to be out there hustling every single day. But there is a flip side to that, which is quite interesting as well. And um, and so just to get some thinking going, I would propose this. What I would say is um, when I was not really passionate about what I was doing in terms of a job and things, mm-hmm. I used to fill up my life with you know like I used to love shopping and just buying stuff and yeah Yeah. and you know a bit like the alcohol thing before or whatever and the funny thing is now that I feel so on purpose I could not care less about shopping and buying stuff that is so cool I I mean I'd done an internal comms role and earned on you know IT and earn truckloads of money as like a 24 year old ridiculous more than what I think some of my parents would ever even imagine you know yeah. like I was on all this cash I was in a relationship he was earning a fair bit of cash 
And we were just buying shit, you know, like yeah, yeah, I bought yeah. a car and, I, you know, this, this and this. But I do, I must admit, I'm the happiest I've ever been with the littlest Ooh. of money that I've got. I, so it does teach you, even though I've done a lot of it for my career and obviously it's uh, different business models, it's a lot more responsible, there's timelines in place mm. and, and you kind of do different things to, to make, you know, make it all work. Um, mm. But I will say that I think you... You, the learning that you get from kind of also doing that on the way you look at life and the way you look at things mm. is mm. life-changing. It truly, truly is life-changing because I guess I would have thought originally I was making all these sacrifices to get those things yeah. when actually mm. in order to get them, I figured out I don't want you them don't as much them. as I did anymore. So I, I <laughs> think yeah, so. That simple, oh, sorry, there's that simple kind of adage that is something like, you know, people who work their whole life just so they can go fishing every day or whatever. And I'm that's like, the coolest. The ridiculousness of it is you can fish today without it money and I think that's sometimes what we lose sight of so many people are on the treadmill and I mean you particularly see it in corporate people you know and more and more and more money they get bigger and bigger bigger mortgages and you know all these um, things that are hanging over them so that they can't leave that job but at the end of the day they're really only working until they can leave and then go and do whatever it is that Mm -hmm. they want and I'm kind of like Mm -hmm. well why not enjoy it along the way and I can absolutely promise you like I don't even know the last time um, I mean, I love a nice lifestyle, don't get me wrong, but I can't even tell you the last time I bought, like, a piece of clothing or anything. And ironically, I'm now in this very, <laughs> very fortunate position as an editor where I get sent so much stuff, but the majority of it I just give away. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting. I think it's so much of pushing through that as well. Like, I know I was brought up, my daddy's the hardest worker that Ooh. I know. Like, you know, I, I suppose we, we were kind of really sheltered from a lot of that uh, you know growing up but I I know Mm. that you know always had the best of things we're always made to work for things like I had a job I lied about my age when I was 13 I said I was 14 so (laughs) that I could start working at at the local charcoal chicken shop and you know had to save up my own money to pay for my own car but then mum and dad kind of chipped in as well so although we were always comfortable we were always then taught really good lessons and um, there was one time where I was selling life insurance as a 19 year old and I got fired for something that that I did. I lied about a particular um, holiday that I needed. And my dad was absolutely ropeable. And he said, you are not to come home tomorrow unless you have a job. So I printed out resumes. I was going around to every single shopping center. It didn't matter what I had, whether it's a temp job, a casual or whatever. And I came home and I had, I ended up with three part-time jobs. I was oh, working, you. you know, as a, as a waiter and selling shoes with just to get me over the line towards us, towards where I started uni. But I think mm. that's so much of what I hold on to as well. This, this, this needing to please and this expectation where I go, mm. you yeah, know, that, good and bad yeah, that, that good, like, yeah, like yeah. that. And I know that that's so much, uh, you know, so much instilled in me that is so great that is you know you put your head down and you bum up and you just work hard and you have that money to do what you want to do but Mm. I mean I I certainly know that you know that's that's something that's also really bad as well because the thought of stepping away from a steady regular income is something that I suppose really holds me back from kind of living that most creative and fulfilled life that I want you know what I mean? So there's always that good and bad and to the point where I, I I, am fearful of that. But then I also know that that's so much a part of taking that next step to to expand also, what you want to do. And also it's from your, your, your parents' fear. Like a lot of that is also fear that you've learned. 
you know, like mm. there's fear that's come, that's hereditary. Like it's fear that comes from somewhere else. Like, so I had different lessons and different things that I took on board, but I had to work through shaking other people's stuff mm. and, and your parents more than anyone yeah. give you their stuff. And mm. it's not anyone's fault. It's just the way that it works. So a lot mm. of that, some of that fear is just life. And of course it's scary, but I think also the other fear of always having a job and always having that is their fear. And, mm. and maybe that got, they got that from their parents. So it is really important to have a look at what your true fears are and what fears you've inherited. Mm. <laughs> because mm. whether it's from society or whether it's from your parents, um, you don't want to be not doing stuff because of other people's fears. Mm. I think that's because the fear you already have, it's hard enough to challenge your own, let alone then also living your life Take through other people's. Others. Yeah. 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 yeah, of course. Tricky, mm. bricky, tricky, bicky, <laughs> tricky, bicky, bicky. Yeah, it is tricky, and you're, you're a bit poor for a bit, but then you'll probably be rich if yeah. you work hard. I kind yeah. of have this belief as well. Like, I think everybody that works hard and fair and and finds something they love to do, it's kind of just a a, 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 a timing thing. I just really mm. believe in that formula. I just think it's undeniable from everyone you watch around mm. you that do it. It just seems a little bit like well, you can't be the only one that that doesn't happen to, that doesn't mm. work. Mm. Like it mm. really kind of is a bit of a tried and tested proof. You just need to be patient. And like I said before, I think I've seen from what I've inherited and read and, and kind of been sucked up over all the different types of development I've done is you also kind of need to want it the most. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And it's it's about who's the most courageous and you've got to put yourself out there and then there are opportunities everywhere, undoubtedly. Oh, yeah, they throw yourself in the face. They throw you in the – everywhere. Yeah. But it's interesting. Hey, Lisa, we um, have got to the end of our show, but far out, that was so oh, we've amazing. we've learned so we're much. So grateful oh, for your time. <laughs> thanks, Jason. Thanks, Christy, for having me. It's um, amazing and I love what you guys are doing and, yeah, I look forward to tuning in to lots more shows myself. Thank Yay! you. That's the best. Um, if you do, if you found us through Lisa, we'd love to say hola, um, hello. And if you are interested in all the bits and bobs um, that Lisa is doing, her books, uh, the collective, obviously you need to check it out. I've got to say, Lisa, my cousin Kate, I've got to give a shout out to her. She has been on to you from the get-go. <laughs> and I mean, read your books, was a fan of the collective. I got a text message before and she said, what do you mean you're speaking to Lisa? <laughs> and uh, and she just, because she, in particular, we are quite close in everything she sees that I do. She goes, oh, this is the same as the collective. Like, <laughs> you know, you've got to read this. You've got to do this. So uh, she's a, a big fan. And so I've heard a lot of, like, well before, she she's yeah. a massive champion. And a lot of people well, are, I think, of what you're you. doing. So congratulations. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. A big shout out to Kate then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh, She's going to die she when she hears um, And if, so if you, uh, you want to check out any of uh, Lisa's bits and pieces, we will put it all on our Facebook page. Um, make sure you check it out. Uh, there is definitely so much more to learn from her mm. um, and her new book. We'll put all the links of where you can purchase it on facebook.com forward slash thinkergirls. Um, we've also got a few new sketch videos that are coming up and dropping in uh, on Facebook and YouTube. If you haven't checked them out already, we'd love you to see them, share them, have a bit of a giggle. It's just our generic girl stuff sheet that we're churning out till the end of the year. Uh, so you can find us on youtube.com forward slash thethinkergirls. Till next week, chicks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. Bye. 
coming up next week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. We are joined by Abby Coleman, who is a radio chick. If you live in Brizzy, you will know her from Stav and Abby on Hit 105. She also does TV stuff on the Nine Network on the Weekend Today show. She's a bit of a weather girl. And we can't wait to have a chit-chat next week. Were you eavesdropping on this conversation? Follow the Thinker Girls at facebook.com forward slash thinkergirls or Thinkergirl TV on Twitter. Hey guys, it's Stace here. Now, for those of you that jump online and find us on our old URL, podcast.thinkergirl.com.au, we're changing things up a little bit. Everything will still be available on iTunes, so if you want to stream or download or you're a subscriber, thank you. We love you a little bit more than if you're not, just saying. Uh, But the new website uh, in order to jump online and find us is, get your pens ready, on your marks, is omniapp.com forward slash shows forward slash thinkergirl dash the dash podcast. So if you want to stream us online, that's where you can find us. And obviously we're still available on iTunes. Bye. Psst. Hey, you, you're looking for some more. Well, clearly they're sticking around <laughs> for something. Well, we've got, what do we got, Christy? What do we got to give them? Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the thinkergirls. There's heaps of cool videos up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some live shows of this podcast we've got. <laughs> what else have we got? Cool the girl cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just head there. YouTube.com forward slash the finger girls. Can we stop whispering now? Okay. That sounded really creepy. <laughs> <laughs>